It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Production, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tarano. Uh, good evening. Good evening and welcome back to uh, Streetwise. Uh, my guest this evening is an internationally recognized consultant in leadership management, especially in the workplace. She's an author of six best-selling books, including uh, great essays. She's the founder and president of Diamond Associates. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce as my guest, Dr. Arlene Diamond. Dr. Diamond, welcome to Streetwise. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you, you know, one of the things that's very interesting, because it's a surprise to some people that I was discussing it, discussing it with in, in your books and uh, a lot of the consultant work that you do, that 75% of uh, workplace harassment, I mean, no, there is a lot of, uh, well, there is a, a good amount of workplace harassment, nothing new, uh, but experience uh, retaliation. How, how does that, how would that uh, occur, Dr. Diamond? Well, if you go back in time, all right, um, before the Me Too movement, most of the time women were told don't make waves because the person that had harassed them, typically a man, and obviously the the opposite is true too, but, you know, just generally speaking, uh, was in a, a, a position of power, was probably um, considered to be more important feminists, please don't hit me, um, not that they were more important, just that they were considered to be, or they were the big boss. And and so women were told to suck it up. Uh, oh. If they continued to complain, then, of course, they're troublemakers, and there was retaliation. Some of that retaliation was just as an attempt to smooth things over. For example, um, moving somebody from the department they were in to another department. Mm-hmm. But you suffer, unless that's a promotion, which it rarely ever was. Um, years ago, when women were first going, coming into industries that were predominantly male, I worked with a number of women who had the most egregious things happening to them. Uh, one woman who was trying to get into um, forest service, uh, well, she was in it, she was a female in forest service, they put dead animals in her locker. Uh-huh. Um, so retaliation takes many forms. It's not just necessarily that, you know, you're you lose your job or you're demoted, but you but you made to be miserable. So that's harassment, also, pretty much. It is. Yeah, Absolutely. big big time, big time harassment. So at, at that time that we're talking about, like you said uh, years ago, they had no place to uh, to go to, you know, uh, like right. like a human resources, right, um, or, or maybe even uh, the media if they had to, or their supervisor. Do do, do they have that now? Do you think there's it's there's gotten- a, Somewhat better. Mm. Um, and obviously, since the Me Too movement, everybody's bending over backwards now to be on the side of the person making the complaint. Um, and the CISO has gone too far that way right now. Hopefully, we'll come into balance. But right now, you know, everybody's afraid to say a word for fear they're going to get, you know, accused of being of harassing. Right. And some of the cases that are in the paper. Uh, you know, shocking. Gee, he said a bad word, therefore we you know, lose his job. I uh, mean, I think we're a little overboard right now. I was going to say that. I was going to, that was one of, one of my uh, 
questions to you. Yeah. As we, uh, how we went overboard. But the Me Too movement, is that same as the Resist movement or women's empowerment? I, you know, it's just a... Well, the, it's, it's probably a, a lot of the same people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who... Um, stand up for issues in, in different ways. I tend to stand up for issues by the work that I do, my writing, right. um, um, public speaking that I do, but I tend not to be um, part of the mob scene, for lack of a better uh, way of expressing it at the correct. moment. Right, be out front. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think the uh, the new princess of England, they call her Mackie, we're talking about Meghan Mackie, getting involved in some sort of a, a Me Too a movement as well, just to bring attention to because she has name recognition, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, but, but so that's a, so that's an outlet for some people. Besides human resources, they can run to the media, and uh, it, the management is very concerned about that. I mean, that would frighten them. That's right. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's a, yeah big threat because well, look at what happened um, with with Wynn. I mean, it just. I, I, I don't know the, have an inside story. I don't know, you know, anything about what actually happened. The only thing I know is what I read in the papers, right? Right. right. But, um, but he had the reputation for years of being incredibly good to his employees. He's the guy, as best as I know, who coined the phrase "happy employees, happy customers." Mm. And now, you know, his his entire professional reputation is ruined. Um, and he's basically kicked out of the firm that he created. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, and as far as I can tell, for, and again, I, you know, I have no idea what the inside story is, but as far as I can tell, if his behavior was anything, it was boorish as opposed to rape. Yeah, right, the accusations, compared yeah. to the accusations, yeah. The uh, But, you know, another person uh, is in a similar, you know, a category like someone that pretty much uh, many of us respected, and Bill Cosby as an example oh, of his shocking that and surprising. That sh- breaks my heart. It, it, that's exactly right. So that's. Uh, but you, you, you know what happens? It's some. Not ev- not everyone believes it because we're talking about allegate or we're talking about allegations of incident incidents that occurred as much as 40, 45 years yes. ago. Yes. So. Uh, but you said a moment ago they had nowhere to go to. They couldn't complain. Nobody would listen. They'd probably even uh, be moved, like you said, from one department to another, and maybe even fired at that time. You know. So mm-hmm. so that so now that they have more, there's more strength. But but then some people might say, well, look, if this is happening to you, sexual harassment especially, why the heck are you staying there? You know, you don't have to stay there. I I know we. You know, I know the job. You know, it's hard, not hard. It's pretty hard to get maybe a similar position out there. So they're forced to say, but if you're subject to some of the allegations, I think you have to leave. You know, I, I would think, you know. I, you know, I think that there's so many factors. Um, certainly, uh, if you, you know, something like you and me would leave. Uh, as yes. a matter of fact, I once lost a job when I was much, much younger mm. because I wouldn't go to bed with a boss. But I actually <laughs> think I really lost it because I laughed in his face. But, you know, right, that's, right. Not, that's not cool. I was very tacky. But in any event, uh, but I got another job the next day. Um, I'm, you know, I'm one of the fortunate ones. Yeah. 
But there are so many, and again, I'm going to stereotype, there are so many women who are desperately in need of a job. Let's, let's say, for example, single mother, you know, uh, single parents with yes. kids that they have to feed, yes. uh, or people whose skill level is, you know, uh, pretty basic, mm. um, and they desperately need the jobs. And so um, they're the ones that bullies victimize. They're stuck and they're trapped, pretty much, yeah. But I'm glad you said parents instead of women, because men could be sexually harassed as well. And they have been. And they have been. But it's a small percentage compared That's true. To, to women. That's true. And, you know... I'm surprised you, you, when you said you quit the job. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't slap him because you're originally a Bronx girl. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually, what happened? I was. It was a snowstorm since you know East Coast. It was a snowstorm, right. and the, my boss offered to drive me out to the. To the he lived out on the on Long Island, right? He lived out on Long Island, like... and I and I <laughs> was going over to my grandparents' house in Queens. So he offered to drive me. So it happened while in the car, and um, and I, I I laughed. I thought it was absurd. Mm. I got fired. He, I didn't quit the job. I got fired. Oh, so, mm. They found some cockamamie excuse to fire me. I'd been there for a couple of years quite successfully. Uh-huh. But but you know, I was young. I was bright. I was pretty. I, you know, it was real easy to get another job. But you can't say that for a lot of other people. Mm. Um, People do things out of desperation. And then, the, and there's the other side of it, too. I mean, I think about the casting couch. Yes. I think that there's a real difference between someone who agrees yes. to have sex with someone in exchange for a favor and someone that is forced um, to have sex or to do sexual favors. Yeah. You know, it, it, if, it's a quid, if it's truly a quid pro quo, in the sense that, again, I'm going to stereotype the woman. The woman is willing to do it. It's the price she's willing to pay. Well, you said the casting couch. That's yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. yeah. That's the woman. You know, and, uh, you yeah. know obviously the big what brought the well, many of us are aware of it, but really brought attention to it is Harvey Weinstein, of course. Oh know? yeah. So that pretty much put a focus on it. But, but it, it, well, the same thing in the Bill Cosby case. Uh, it's hard for you to believe that a lady or women, female, I got it careful today, what you say, you gotta, you know, and, and introducing how do you identify female. You, you go to someone's, you go to someone's hotel, you go in the bedroom, you have a yeah, drink. What exactly. do they expect? What do they, what do they expect? They're gonna sit there and watch the news on television, you know? You know, I, I'm so glad you just said that because I can't remember the, which case it was, I mean, what person it was. But there was a woman who accused an athlete of raping her twice. <laughs> Each time, over, I think it was over a six-month period or maybe a year period, she at 2 o'clock in the morning went with him to his hotel room. I think we're talking about Mike Tyson, who did jail, jail time. And uh, it's probably a similar case where he was drinking with her, she went to the hotel room, and she's sitting on his bed. In the ah, hotel well. room, right? And then she accuses him of rape. You know, I, I guess, I, I don't know. So that that was kind of, you know, w- w- to me it was very iffy, as especially in law enforcement. I would have big doubts, you know. And, you know. Yeah, I know it's, it, it's a, again, a tightrope that we're, we're, we're walking in this conversation because you don't want to blame the victim. Clearly, that mm. old, oh, you must have been asking for it. Yes. There's no, you know, we can't play that game anymore. Correct. correct that uh, correct. the truth of the matter is some people are more vulnerable and bullies pick on them. 
um, bullies do not pick on strong, capable people. Right? People. Yeah. And the people that the people that act out like this, and Weinstein, I hope you're hearing me, are people mm-hmm. whose self-esteem is so low Absolutely. that they have to step on other people in order oh. to feel good about themselves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My guess is Dr. Arlene uh, Diamond. I, I mentioned she's got, uh, uh, and you do consult the work in, in regard to what we're talking about all internationally, like, uh, like I mentioned, you know, people, people, you know, you know, also what we didn't have also years ago, like you had mentioned, we didn't have people like you to give advice or or do consulting work in regard That's probably true. to the if subject. If there was anybody, it was, yeah. they were men. <laughs> Very true. That's true also. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So we have someone. And then uh, how popular was the Uyghur law at that time? Do you know? I mean, uh, you know, the discrimination that women can run to now and sue at the drop of a hat? It, it existed. Um, it, actually, since the 60s, it existed. Mm. But um, proving discrimination is, you know, the more yes. difficult part. Yes. And, um, again, it, the, the, the business world... Leadership. The leadership in the business world was and still is predominantly men. And so not only was it hard to prove just because it was a he said, she, she said kind of a thing, but because men would right, stick up for each other. Mm. So, so if people brought cases, it was hard. And, and I think that locale made a difference too. Here, I'm here in California. Here right. in California, we tend to be um, very sympathetic to the underdog. Do you mean liberal? I'm, yeah. jo- I'm joking, but, but but seriously too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but if you if you have a complaint, if it goes to the, um, I just went blank on the name of the organization. Um, it comes through it comes through housing, and I just went blank. I can't think of the name okay, of it so right now. Okay. But if, yes. it, if it goes through there and there's a hearing. Uh, and, you know, it's an employee that is complaining that they were mistreated in some way. The odds are very high in favor of that employee. Mm. Now, I'm sure that's not true all over the country, but uh, it tends to be true here. Um, uh, for years years ago, I was a commissioner on the status of women for the, uh, our county, mm-hmm. and one of my responsibilities was to hear uh, complaints of sexual harassment. Mm. And um, and I tend to be pretty practical. I'll tell you a story of just just one story and, and how my view and other people's views differ. Uh, a group of people that worked together, and they were uh, factory workers, and they used the N-word liberally. They used the F-word liberally. Um, their culture of this small group that worked together in a warehouse was pretty crude and rude. But, uh, but acceptable. In that group. To, acceptable to each other. Yes, yeah. to each other. To each other. And and th- th- there was nobody else around. I mean, it was just this, I think it was five of them. Well, one day, one of the women had a fight with the group and was on the outs. And she then went and complained that they had created a hostile work environment, for- forcing her to, you know, hang out with them and use these words for years, by the way, not just for you know, a couple of months. Um and that she wanted them severely sanctioned. And I looked at it and I said, you know, you were complicit. This is not a situation where in, in order to hold your job you had to do this. But I was chastised for not uh, taking her side in it. 
Yeah, well, you looked at it, you, you know, uh, I guess you could drift towards common sense as opposed to <laughs> legality, right? What, what a dirty word. I, I know, you're right. Can we, I know, absolutely. Yes, doctor, you're right. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, right. I, I, I strongly, strongly, strongly protect and want everyone else to protect people who are being victimized. Yeah. But people who try to abuse the system and take advantage of it, and as you well know, there are a couple of attorneys, and since I don't want to be sued, I'm not oh, going to mention names, um, who absolutely thrive on taking on these these cases and, and causing trouble because they get publicity. They advertise it, obviously, yeah, yeah big time, yeah. all over the place. I mean, uh, uh, in, in my, you know, let me say, as far as what, one of the attorney law firms that are out there now, uh, one of the things they say, uh, which of course my background is law enforcement, so I've been being in the media for many years, they actually say if you're a victim of police brutality, they're t- pretty much telling you, you know? Call us, call us, call us. Yes, 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 yes exactly yeah. right. <laughs> right. So, and I'm uh, thinking, I'm thinking of a woman attorney who does similar kinds of advertising for uh, female victims of almost anything. Yes, almost anything. And, 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 you know, when you see a certain attorney, especially from your neck of the woods, uh, you, you tend not to believe it because, oh, here she goes again, right, representing, the, you know, the same. They be, they're popular in that, you know, in, in as being an attorney because they're successful, but then they're perceived as, oh, here she goes again, you know, and then it's hard to you know, to really believe the story. Sometimes the course of the person, uh, we used to call them like ambulance chasers, you know, mm-hmm. attorneys, like like the one we're probably talking about, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and that was very, uh, very interesting. Now, when you, uh, I, I think, by the way, what is this? I know you received, the, uh, you got uh, you got so many credits, by the way, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Diamond. One of them is the uh, National Medal of, of Science. You know? I no, want, I want, me? Yes. No, no. Oh, I thought you did. What no. Is that? What's the, what's, it must us? be another diamond. Oh, okay. Oh, another diamond. okay. Another diamond in the rough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, th- what about this? Uh, th- were you involved? You mentioned environment before. Were you doing something in the environment as well? No. Oh, I guess that's not you again, because you mentioned that somebody who tried to get a job uh, out there. Okay. Oh, no, no. I was, yeah, no, I was counseling. Counseling uh, somebody. Yeah, I was counseling. But uh, can I come back to something that you oh, just go, said? Yes, go right ahead. Of course. Because of course. I think that you're hitting on what I think is the most important thing, mm-hmm. that the extreme ridiculousness that we've gotten to right now, mm-hmm. where somebody sneezes and they're accused of, of harassment, is really hurting the cause that we've got to have a continuum. We've got to separate out mild, boorish, or stupid, or silly, or, yeah. you know, inappropriate acts from, from abuse and, and violence against people. Yeah. We, uh, and, and we can't just lump it all in the same category. I know a woman that was in the HR profession, and this just shocked me. She said all forms of harassment are akin to rape. And that's absurd. Oh. I mean, that's just totally absurd. Um, you get teased, you know, silly things happen. Um, boys in particular, when they're growing up, you know, the old pull, you know, put the pigtails in the inkwell story, yeah. you know. Wow. Um, trying, we try to reach each other in all kinds of silly ways, some of which are inappropriate. And we've got to be able to stop the inappropriate behavior but not lump it in the same category as, as abuse or, or 
quid pro quo. Right, because you're right. It affects the cause. It's like you said. It affects the cause of the movement, I would think, you know, with all this nonsense that uh, allegations, you know. It minimizes the minimizes the, Yes, and the strength of the allegation, too, uh, as well. You know, you're rounded out because you're not just, how do I say this? When you when you come from the five boroughs, especially Bronx, <laughs> Bronx and Brooklyn, you know, and I'm from the Lower East Side, so that's pretty much the same as Bronx and, and Brooklyn. You have a different outlook, you know, uh, on, on many things as opposed to just going by uh, a master's degree, you know, so uh, which is very helpful. So. I think that's true. I think that we knew, you know, I rode the subway to work every day, and right. I'm a redhead, and I was a very attractive redhead when I was younger. Uh, why why past tense was? Because I'm not young anymore. Okay. I'm, I'm my age, I'm okay. Let's put it that uh, way. But, okay. <laughs> but um, you know, but I mean, I was a showroom model and all kinds of things when I was young. Wow. But, you know, riding the subway, you are subject to all kinds of strange and bizarre kinds of things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and as a young woman, I learned that high heels were a lethal weapon. If a man stood too close, Correct. you just put the heel in the inset of his shoe, and he'd move back. Absolutely. You, 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 know, but, so we, you know, we, in that sense, we were mm. tough. We learned how to take care of ourselves. But so many people today, so many girls and women today are raised in, um, cotton candy kind of suburbia mm. where they don't they have they don't they're not allowed to have these kinds of experiences they're so protected and here in California in particular you can't go anywhere if you don't have a car so mm. kids are in their parents car all the time oh, interesting you know what about years ago about the way but you know especially the way you know you, you described yourself which I, which I know uh, how how'd you feel when you walked past the construction site, right? With with all the guys out there, construction workers, you, a female couldn't walk by with somebody whistling. Or, My know. dad taught me a wonderful. I had a wonderful father. My uh, dad taught me a wonderful lesson. He was walking, not exactly with me, but close enough behind right. me as we were walking down the street. I was in my early teens at the time, and some guys did, you know, the lewd and lascivious kinds of invitations that are so crude. And my dad caught up with me, and he said, I want to tell you something. And I can't remember the exact words, but the message was, uh, don't take that as an insult. Take it as a compliment. Yes. It's meant as crude, as crude as it is, it's meant as a compliment, but remember, a woman is like a work of art in a museum. Mm. People can look, they can comment, yes. but they cannot touch yes. or take. Yes. And then he said, only you get to decide with whom you share your body. And Exactly, and also uh, know exactly where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now I would think if that could be sexual harassment, now the compliment. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm advising people. I, I'm doing a lot of really advising people to be very puritanical. I mean, I hate the words that I'm saying as right. I say them. I know. But no teasing, no compliments, um, mm. you know, no touching except to shake hands. Be really, really careful because right now um, there is a, a magnifying glass, you know, looking and looking for any sign that could be construed as harassment. Mm -hmm. And so I, men in particular, you just need to be super careful right now, and hopefully we'll get into balance. Right. You know, I, I would, 
I was thinking that, you know, I've always somehow wind up in all these different events and stuff, and uh, I did a little TV and radio. Well, radio. I still do radio. But uh, right now, I'm reluctant. I, it was, I, I mean, I loved meeting a lady, you know, even for the first time, and then give her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Not a big deal, you know? And not anymore. Not anymore. And sometimes, you know, and many times, because we're talking about was, the past tense, I was tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, w- I would get the hug. Maybe I could sue now. If only I could remember their names, right? Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Right. Um, um, yeah, I think that's hysterically well, funny. Yeah, my guess is so. Uh, but, you know, yes. I, it, it, we're dealing on both coasts, maybe not so much in the middle of the country, but on both coasts, we're dealing in the workplace with people from all religions, all cultures, all traditions, and and a lot of that is kind of different from our own. Um, you know, as, as East Coast kids, we tend to be pretty casual, yeah. um, but I had, I tell you a situation that I had. I was um, I was involved in some kind of a, a charity program and was working with various and sundry people over the phone. And one of the people with whom I was working was a, a rabbi who was warm and jolly and friendly, just, you know, over the phone, this really delightful man. Mm-hmm. And he came to my office one day, and as was my custom, I walked out to greet him and I held out my hand to shake mm-hmm. his hand. And he pulled back. Yes. And I must have looked startled. And he said, please don't take that as an insult. He said, I'm Orthodox, and, and we draw a line at any touching at all of people that are not immediate family, mm. the opposite sex. And so I think that's true of people that are religious, of whatever the religion, you know. Right, right. And um, so I think where we are right now is just having to respect uh, and show courtesy to the more... Um, um, more what yeah, conservative, yeah, more conservative, for lack of a better well, word. Yeah, well, what, what I do now is, you know, you know, I, I for years, I, it, for me, it felt, for me personally, it felt awkward to shake a lady's hand. So uh-huh. the, the hug thing, you know, and that's, you know, I got some Italian blood, and the hug thing is so common, you know. Yep. And it's, it, it's, you know, it's to me, it's not sexual harassment, you know. But maybe it's the first step, you know. But you know, the the, the hugging, the hugging thing. So now, uh, you know, obviously, I'm reluctant to do that, you know. But uh, well, and most people are, so we use that. My, my guess is Arlene, Dr. Arlene uh, Diamond, and uh, we're going to yes, go ahead. You. It's, it's Arlene. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad That's you corrected okay. I know, me. All I know. In. I, I thought it all. You know, cool. uh, you know, even though it's spelled all in, and it's not the the Bronx yeah. Jewish girl, I know. I know. Arlene. You know, or like Be- or like Becky or Ruthie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> from my from my generation. You know, <laughs> it's uh, all Lynn. Thank you Arlen. for correcting me. You know, it's I'm the, I'm actually named for Lynn, Massachusetts. It's a long story oh. that I won't bore you readers, your listeners with. But um, mm. anyhow, I just. I didn't mean to, you know, just no, no, make no, no. I said it, that because I'm calling yeah. you Arlene because again, I, you know, you're from the Bronx. And I'm I would from think, the Bronx. I, I would think it's uh, Arlene, you know. No, it's right. Yeah, Arlene because you're from California now. That, well, no, was, was, <laughs> <laughs> no. Both of my parents. This is kind of off the point, but both of my parents were from New England, and when I mm. first started school in the Bronx. And I would say words like aunt instead of aunt. Oh my God! They would <laughs> they would correct me, make me speak Bronx. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, aunt, aunt kills me. 
You know? Uh, well, hell. I mean, I, I know, but just to, you know. That's back to uh, New England. That's true. You know, I'm having, I'm having a discussion. Let me put it this way, and I could say it without being worried about any kind of accusations or the wiggle law. Uh, sometimes I talk to somebody that talks like a Brooklyn Italian truck driver, and then he says, aunt. <laughs> you know? And it's just, it's, it's hysterical. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, okay, Arlene Diamond, very good. Now, you know, uh, we're going to take a break in two minutes. I just want to give out the phone number, uh, Dr. Diamond. It's uh, 516-623-140. I'm sorry, 1240. That's the station, 1240-1240. Uh, you know, by the way, you were my first guest. We just moved over to a, a new uh, new town in Long Island. Right? Oh. In, in Long Island. Long right? Island. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and we're in a new studio, you know, and so it's all new for us, the microphone, the, everything else. In fact, what I was doing, sitting here watching the live stream, that I wanted to sit where my my better side is. Uh, I, I could see online. The engineer Brian is laughing at me because you know. So as old as I am, I'm still got that conceited stuff in me. But anyway, they, they, <laughs> they, they say it's they say it's it's healthy. Now we're going to take a break, and then we come back. I want to talk about the books you've done. So it's great books and the essays. Okay. Uh, six two three twelve forty. That's five one six. Uh, Dr. Arlen Diamond will be right back. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240DF-FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. Important to plan ahead for emergencies, like, like the storm. storm. When, when it kicked in, we had we a plan. Separated. We, we were, were able to get in touch with each other in no time. no idea how to find each other. My, My husband, husband kept the kids occupied. Calling our son, but there was no reception. Everything was down. I, I felt, felt like like breaking we handled down everything crying, very but well. I had to try and stay calm. The, the whole experience, experience was fine. Was the most frightening ten hours of my life. It was, it was kind, kind of like a little family adventure. Every hopes will never happen to her. I, I remember, remember the, the relief of being I together. realized he was out there all alone. If, if there's, there's one piece of advice, advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there it's to stay it's calm ignore and keep to message. the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. All right, I'm back with my guest, uh, Dr. Arlen uh, Diamond, and uh, founder of the, and president of uh, Diamond Associates and... Uh, before we talk about your books, now, uh, how can people reach you? Because I know you do consultant work, and people it's, people yeah, can use the, your advice. Yes. The, the, the website's diamondassociates.net. Mm-hmm. My email is arlyn, A-R-L-Y-N-E, <laughs> at diamondassociates.net. And my phone is 408-554-0111. Zero. Okay, in a moment I'll just ask if you don't mind to repeat that as we talk about uh, something else. Now, uh, uh, how did you, first of all, how did you get involved in what you're doing? I know you're an MD, right? So, no, PhD. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, here I go again. All in. <laughs> yeah, you P- me, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, know, PhD. I never took chemistry. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I have, um, I guess it's some time that I was a child, been involved one way or another in helping people. Um, mm. It's just kind of like who I am. 
And then um, when I was in my early teens, my mother belonged to, uh, my mother well, she was president of the B'nai B'rith chapter, and uh, her group used to go uh, to the Bronx VA hospital and entertain the boys in the locked psychiatric wards. And I got dragged up to join them, and I started talking to people that were in the locked psychiatric ward uh, and started making a difference. And um, I also, I wound, don't remember how, I wound up with paraplegic and quadriplegic uh, patients as well. Yeah. And the head of psychiatry found out about me, got wind of what I was doing, which included gurney races down the corridors, and um, basically case conferenced with me and, and told the nurses to leave me alone that I knew what I was doing and I was mm-hmm. making a difference. So that was the start of it, but I I never realized that that was a profession until many, many years later. So I started out in the business world in New York and, and then again in Los Angeles and eventually went back to school and got my uh, all my degrees in psychology, including two masters and a doctorate, and did therapy for um, 20 years, but, but also was doing um, forensic psychology. I testified in court many times. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, I um, I was in the heart of Silicon Valley. And so people started bringing their work-related uh, problems to me. And then they started bringing me into their companies. And so right around 89, 90, I switched my, my focus entirely to basically helping people in the workplace. And so I deal with all of the compliance issues, including sexual harassment. I deal with conflict. I deal with uh, executive training, uh, coaching, uh, board of directors training, things of that uh, that nature. And that's what I've been doing for the last, God, 20, 30 years. Wow, amazing. You know, it's it was. I, I don't think at, uh, at 20 years ago that it was a, was not a great need for people like you. You know, and now there is. This seems like I would say there's demand. I, I think we've become like more respectable. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think the need has changed particularly. Right. But um, it used to be oh, a head shrink. You know. Yes. My shrink. father used to call people like me head shrink. Go see the shrink. I yeah. <laughs> um, and I, oh, here's what I'm kind of talking about three things at once. I did some research on managing for creativity. And I interviewed 50 C-level executives, mostly here in Silicon Valley, but some mm. elsewhere, in terms of where do they want creativity in their organizations and, and how do they get it. Mm. And my interviews were between two and five hours. I mean, I spent a lot of time with these people. Wow. And I learned a number of things. Well, among them was the difficulty they have in promoting really bright, talented, technical people into positions of management that the social skills, the communication skills, the empathy, you know, the kinds of things that enable people to help other people um, were sadly lacking in mm. people whose focus was on uh, totally technical things. Right. And so I started doing workshops helping um, mostly men, some women, mm-hmm. um, Learn how to learn how to get along with each other. Learn what the, there's such a huge difference, Lou, between doing good work and helping other people do good work. Yes, you got to get your own ego out of it. Yes. it's no longer me showing off. It's now me enabling them to be better, yeah. which is a big switch. 
you know, you know, you know, it's amazing. There are a lot of administrators and managers uh, in, in private industry as well, and working for uh, a government. You know, that lack that. You know, so and that's and that's why we're having a lot of problems. You know, with certain companies, certain issues, and and uh, I, 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 you know, I could throw in people might not understand the sheriff of uh, Broward County. You know, I could uh, throw this guy in that, in that mix, you know, and, uh, you, you know, just, and so in his case, he lacked a, a lot of manage, managerial and administrative skills in his own business, you know. So, but anyway, that's just my thought. So we need people like you uh, again, because, but why do we lack that? Why is there a lack of that? Well, now you're about to hear my prejudices uh, because we're so focused on STEM mm. that uh, we no longer have liberal arts, we no longer have literature in our classes, we no longer teach comparative religion, we no longer teach philosophy. All of those so-called soft skills are are being dumped in favor of more science, more technology, more math, um, and and that's what we that's what we're breeding. Mm. And that's what we're getting. We don't talk to each other also. Oh, that's true, too. I'm, yes, uh-huh. let us add technology to the mix. Yeah. I don't know if it's true where you are, but out here you go into a restaurant and you see a, you know, a young couple sitting across from each other, and instead of talking to each other, they're on their devices uh, texting, <laughs> I, I sometimes know. even texting each other. I know. I know that. I, I, exactly right. The same room. Same. Uh, yeah. Yes. And plus, uh, with the young kids... They are lacking spelling and grammar. With oh. all, oh, I have to tell you that with this texting, you know. Do you ever watch Judge Judy and hear her oh, on course. that subject? Yes, of course. She's <laughs> absolutely. Yes, yeah, she's. Uh, you know, prior to becoming a cop, I uh, I was a New York City correction officer. You oh. Know? So besides, uh, before I walked the beat on the street, I walked the beat in the jail, and I remember when I was assigned to the courts. Uh, she was an upcoming judge in family court. Oh, at really? That time, yes. And uh, she was dynamite. She, everybody said, "Wow, she's great." You know, uh, you, you know what? I could relate to her because she said to me, and I could say this. Uh, she was a, a typical uh, down-to-earth uh, Brooklyn Jewish girl. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and uh, you had to really, you know, you're not prejudiced. You had to love it. You know, and talk about common sense. You know. So uh, we don't have that. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We'll talk about Judge Judy. No, and, just, you, you know, just you know, you the way know. she chastises people for yes. for their language, for their texting. She teases about when she's reading their uh, their emails and their texts. Um, yes. Yeah. But we were lost now. And I, I hate to say this. I think we're stuck with it. I, well, you know, it just, we, we, what, it, what it's, it's done, I think, uh, it's really it gave us an opportunity to do more things because we don't we we don't talk on a we don't speak. There's no dialogue on the phone anymore. You know, I got a meeting tomorrow. You say K or K K case closed. You know, yeah. No conversation. What we're going to talk about and the whole thing. You know, that's why I like to talk to my guests before they come on. You know, and, well, you uh, get a feel for what you're letting yourself in for. Yes, yeah. yes, ex- exactly. But besides from the, the research. But I, I do talk to all of them. I, and usually I, I could just by talking to you initially and, uh, and, and reading your background, I could pretty much 
know my guests before I even, you know, go into a conversation like we're having now. See, I don't do what, uh, I don't do an interview, I do a conversation. And I yes, think that's, I'm feeling that very strongly. Yes, right. and, I and, love it. Oh, thank you. And, uh, it, I find that it, it's, and uh, as a result of that, I'm able to interview, uh, people like, uh, Sheriff Dave Clark, uh, uh, Sheriff uh, Joe Pio or Janine oh, Janine oh, oh. uh the uh, oh my God, she'll, she'll kill me. Uh, oh my God, Martin Luther King's uh, niece. You know, I have all these these people are my guests. You know, because they like I, you know again on a comp my ego is coming up. They like my style of uh, of, interview. A, of yeah. an interview. Yes, and uh, and then they Google me and they see well, well he's you know and so it, it makes it easier. The anyway, but but uh, you know, so many things that we're talking about, I, I, I hate to say it, they're gone, it seems like. I, 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 there's no way we can get it back if the young people uh, in, the, in the room, if I was in, with a young lady in the, in the dining room, uh, my thoughts are, you know, what my thoughts are, you know, and having a drink together and looking at each other, you know, and uh, can I say this? I'm looking at my engineer and maybe get lucky, you know, so... Uh, you know, so anyway, it's as opposed to Googling each other or Twittering or whatever, you know, so, but. But even that yes. phrase. Yes. Okay, in today's workplace. Oh, my if, God. If you're, if you're talking with, let's say you're talking with a buddy, and you use that phrase, I got lucky last night, or I'm <laughs> hoping to get lucky tonight, yes. or, you yes. know, words to that effect. That can be construed as a, creating a hostile work environment. Absolutely. I know that. Yeah, of yeah. course, I know. I know that. But if you had to go, of course, I've been to many trials. I've testified to many trials. A jury trial will throw that out because what does it mean, you know? You know, uh, what does that mean? I, I won a poker game. You know, again, like I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, but, but the cost, you know, as you well know, if you get accused, the cost of defending yourself is that, astronomical. That's exactly right. Yes. And, yeah. uh, uh, okay, your, your books now, you wrote, what's, the, you, know, you know, your books pretty much, uh, talk about what you and I are talking about now, right? So, uh, yeah, they're, it, it, it's true. They're they're pretty practical. So the first book that I wrote, you'll get, you'll appreciate this. I, I went around the country uh, training um, synagogue board of directors, mm. and which is a trial by fire, as you can imagine. And um, and so the first book, which is training your board of directors, has a lot of both hard and soft. Uh, stuff in it. You know, it's what do we expect of each other? How do you make decisions? Um, how can you, you know, go against a friend of yours because you believe differently? Uh, what are the responsibilities? All of those kinds of things is the first book. And then the, the second book, which is the Please and Thank You of Fundraising, I uh, interviewed a lot of people who were really superb fundraisers. And, and the book is probably more about them and less about what I know. Um, And then um, I do a lot of conflict resolution. I I, I do a lot of mediation and arbitration for various kinds of organizations. And so the the book that that I wrote next was Conflict in the Workplace, Causes and Cures, uh, because a lot of conflict, including the sexual harassment stuff, a lot of it is just misunderstandings that, that can easily be mediated and, you know, people can go away feeling that they've resolved the differences and shake hands. And I really am a firm believer in mediation, except for things that just can't be mediated. Right. 
Uh, and then um, leading and managing a global workforce came about because of all the the CEOs that I've worked with, some some really new young CEOs and some very seasoned CEOs. So I've got uh, a number of kind of best practices things in that book. And then <laughs> I, I, culture inside the company and outside the country. And, and this is kind of a precursor to everything we're talking about today, if you think about it. Right. The organizations create their own culture. And if you're job hunting, one of the things you want to know is what is that culture? Do I fit? Is it, is it a good fit for me? Um, so I've looked at and I've interviewed a number of people who've obviously shared with me their experiences, you know, in their companies. Um, what are the different cultures? And, and how do I how do I decide what fits for me? And then I started looking at working with uh, business people in other countries. And I forget offhand how many countries. I think I had 15 or 20 countries. That uh, and again, a lot of it is information that I've learned from from other people. I taught um, I taught all of the soft skills, a bunch of soft skill uh, courses for many years, and in the teaching of them, you know, I met um, so many people here in Silicon Valley who come from other countries and who were have worked in other countries. So again, I, I get a lot of information from the other people. Um, and then this is a book that just came out, which fortuitously, uh, timing is perfect, yes. is how to, how to Conduct Neutral Workplace Investigations. Who should be doing the investigating? How should they go about it? How do you look at your own biases and try to be unbiased so that you're neither believing nor disbelieving, but you're looking for you know ways to prove or disprove? Right. So, so those are the six books. And most of the articles that I've written, written thousands, I, no, maybe not thousands, but certainly hundreds, are really about helping people get along better in the workplace. Now, in your case, obviously, you talk about uh, other countries, so which means you yourself have to be uh, hip or up to date with that culture, because how can you solve an issue if you're not if you lack, you know, the uh, the culture? Because some of the things, obviously, it's acceptable in some cultures. That's right. That's right. And I think you know, and I think it's really important to to get that kind of information, to learn those things, not to just jump to conclusions. Right. Oh, it's, it's true. So you have to, okay. Right, somebody's trying to call in and have a problem with the line. They just to talk about the, today's modern world. The, the phone number is 623-1240. I uh, hope you're listening. 623-1240. They're, they're, they're uh, Googling me or whatever, Twittering <laughs> me, 516-623-1240. Uh, okay, because sometimes when I'm on the show, people know my number and they'll, they'll want to ask you a question. We get we get the, uh, an abundance of uh, of calls and that ties up our uh, line as well. Now, just you know, so sometimes you know we uh, we, we say things and uh, on the air, and I just want to explain to the audience when you met, you said you worked with Benet Britt, and when you first started, and that helped you. Pretty much in, in what you wanted to do, you know, sort of in life. The Bene Brit, I know what this. Can you explain to the organization sure. what that is? Sure. Bene Brit is a, Ju- 
Jewish service organization. And uh, just like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts yes. is the B'nai B'rith Youth, both the boys' B'nai B'rith Youth and the girls' B'nai B'rith Youth. And then there are the, uh, the adult men's chapters and the adult women's chapters. And now, of course, just as is happening with the Scouts, um, there's integration, you know, with the two things. But, uh, but B'nai B'rith Girls, in, uh, when I was a member of it in New York, we uh, we just had the most incredible leadership training and public speaking training. Wow. Um, we I was I was regional I think I was regional president and then I was uh, district something or other, and so the district was from um, um, Montreal down to Washington D.C. and uh, we had professional guidance, which was kind of an incredible thing. And then my mother was the Benebrith women and. Um, in, in some ways, it was, it was like Rotary, if you are familiar with Kiwanis or Rotary or yeah, any of those organizations, of where people come together for social reasons as well right. as to help others. Right, right. No, I'm familiar, of course, I'm from Manhattan or Brooklyn or Manhattan, yeah. so I've, I know what my neighbor is, but just wanted to, if somebody Google me and said, what, what is it, what, Brit, what's the, the, you know, so I figured, you know, which which is good to uh it it show you know but you know also what's beneficial and I'm gonna say our case is that we had family structure you know so that pretty much uh, helps you in, in your employment because you you learn you you learn respect you learn discipline you know how to deal with people so you don't violate their culture you don't violate them you, you, you know in language or whatever so you have a a jump start or a head start as as they say, so that's always beneficial. So, mm-hmm. but but I found, you know, management and administrators. I was a city manager in New York City, appointed by Rudy Giuliani. So I saw a lot of managers, you know, have no basic common sense, you know, and, and it was like a, a cookie cutter type of, uh, you know, they couldn't treat individual people. They, they thought they could in, in, uh, treat them all the same or have the same dialogue. You know? Right, so, and you can't. People, you know, you can't. You know, yes. people are different. It's like raising children. Um, yes, you want to be fair. Yes, you know, they get an equal amount of Christmas presents or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, our personalities, our ways of thinking, our styles of being mm. vary. And if you want to be effective, you have to meld to a certain extent with the other person's style. Yes. Yes, and that's where you come in. Yeah, that's part of what I teach or that, try to teach. Uh, <laughs> that's right, because, you know, uh, some people get appointed to a position, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but, you know, because they know someone or their father or their uncle is in the business and they lack what they lack what you, I guess, what you teach, I, I could say, you know? Yeah, and that's I think it, it, some people are promoted fairly because they're talented and they're yes. wonderful. Yes, but in a different area. And it, well, that's uh, you know not necessarily a hundred percent. You know, it's, yeah. And what's the expression? But it goes back who you know, right? Sometimes, yeah. It's not what you know; it's who you know. You know, so pretty, pretty much. So, uh, again, let's repeat all your contact information, Doctor Allen uh, Diamond. My website is Diamond Associates. And that's an S at the end of that. Dot net. Right. Diamond Associates. Dot net. My email is Arlyn, A-R-L-Y-N-E, at diamondassociates.net. And my phone is 408-554-1111.
I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on YouTube. Well, you, know, you have um, to be. Yeah. <laughs> Today's world, you have to be, you know. Right. So, and, you know. So, uh, I think you said you have family listening to the show tonight, the local. When I say family, local. I, hopefully, I do. Hopefully. I, I let I let my family in New York know that I was going to be on it, and oh. um, hopefully they are listening. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, they, well I, they can probably go on uh, the YouTube, I think, because my show is so... Uh, I'm not a great computer person, but I know that it's out there, and you could find the show tonight. You know, so <laughs> I'm uh, not either. Uh, yeah, I, I know what that. Somebody did it for me, so oh, I. Did. That's what happens. But, yeah. But I, I do get calls. Oh, look, that was a great show you did last month. You know, and I don't know how they found it, but I know I do archive it. But uh, usually, yes. But then there's the MP3 and all that, all that stuff. But uh, you're out there, and there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Besides, I got a good response on Twitter. Here I am talking like we're in the same room together, <laughs> you know. But I got a good response on, on Twitter, that, you know. And it was we by, by, the, by the way we uh, my audience, uh, Dr. Allen Dime was, was supposed to be on last week. She's on this week, which really was good because it built up a lot of. Uh, yeah, the audience, you know. Excitement and momentum. It, and, yes, yeah, you can't all wait. They could huh? wait for the. Uh, so, so how long are you out there in, in California? Where this... Oh, my God. I don't even want to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you know, right. You have to be careful when you I've talk. been out here a long oh, time. Oh, And okay. I never lose my accent, but I'm out here a long, long time. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, it's good. Sometimes you have to do that, right? Am I, you know, when you talk to certain people, you have to lose. So you... I don't do it on purpose. I mean, I'm talking to you for the next couple of days. And, you know, I'll sound like the Bronx. Could be back, yeah. <laughs> It just, back, it we're, just yeah, happens. We're it back just happens. on, yeah, we're back on Tremont Avenue, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I know. Where from the Bronx did you come from? Just I came from uh, Walton Avenue, which was between the Grand Concourse oh. and Jerome Avenue, and right around 169th Street. So I was walking distance to the Yankee Stadium, wow. and I spent a lot of my youth at the Yankee Stadium, and walking distance to the courthouse on 161st Street. Which was the uh, scene of the the book in the movie Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh. So mm. I was uh, I was kind of in the middle of a couple of tough neighborhoods, but we were like an oasis in the middle of it somehow. I was going to say Grand Concourse. That was a, a, an oasis at, back then, you know. Not anymore. It, no, not of course. That I oh, know. God. That I, I, was, know. I, know. I was back. I was back uh, last year. Oh, you were. I. Yeah, I was, I was with my, uh, it was actually with my niece's husband and, and uh, my grand, uh, my grandnephew. And we had gone, to, we'd gone someplace, I can't remember where. And I said, you know what, we're, we're in the Upper Bronx, let's drive by. And, uh, oh my God. It's, it's gone. It's so different, it was so horrible. Yeah, it's, it's gone, the Grand Concourse. Yeah. If you lived in the Grand Concourse years ago, you know, certain areas, you'd know, you'd be saying, oh, you live in Grand Concord, you'd know that, you know. Those were the richer kids, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yes, yeah. yes. And we used to have an Easter parade and a Thanksgiving Day parade on the Grand Concourse. Mm. Yeah. Yes. No, going back a lot of well, years. Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn used to be like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we're, we're reminiscing, by the way. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's good to do that. So uh, you, you have another book coming out? Not at the moment. No, I think okay. I'm, uh, I'm I'm booked out. I've started blogging again, so oh. I can be found blogging. And I, I I also publish a monthly newsletter if anybody is interested oh, yeah. in receiving it because it's it's short articles and they're all related to the workplace and I just 
keep getting, you know, doing better. So um, email me, and we can put you on the newsletter list if you're interested. Yeah, give out your email contact. It's Arlyn, A-R-L-Y-N-E, at diamondassociates.net. Oh, great, great. Now, did you, uh, we only got about three minutes left. Do you, you think that, uh, uh, because we talked about, do you think that uh, being a male in the, in the business world is more of an advantage than being a female? Yes. You do. Uh, you, you, know, it's, you know, it's interesting because if you go on television, people say, you know, that they're discriminated upon. But if you watch these shows, you got a show called The View, All Women, mm-hmm. a show called The Real, All Women, Wendy Williams, she's all well, women, mm-hmm. you know. you got Kelly and Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, half and half, half, and you got Kathy, Lee, and Honda. So there's so many women out there. In media, I think that's true. In the media, um, yes. But if you look, if you look at the overall percentages of women in higher management positions in the workplace, oh. I don't know what the latest statistic is, but I'm going to guess that we may have reached 30 um, percent. Right. I've not looked up the statistics, so I don't know. But but it's still largely uh, it's still largely men and a few women that have really climbed to the top. Um, and I don't have a chip on my shoulder about that, by the way. Oh. I think that there's a whole bunch of reasons why that's true. And uh, the younger women are going to climb to the top much more quickly. Oh, well, I think that's always been like that. Now, so you've, what do you think about these, uh, the, the Me Too or the Resist and all these movements for women? Do you think that's beneficial for them? I think that the Me Too movement has done remarkably good. Um, and the, what I think about is those young gymnasts. Yes. who were subject to so much abuse over so much time, and no matter how they tried to tell adults about it, they were kind of poo-pooed and laughed off. It will never happen again. Young, vulnerable girls will say no strongly and will get support for their position. So that has been, I think, just wonderful. Yes. The yes. other side of that is the seesaw going tilting too far the other way, and we're seeing harassment now under every rock, and we're we're mixing minor forms of ridiculousness with serious abuse. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish we'd stop doing that part and and really honor focus that on... we need to take care of people who have been abused and not allow abuse to happen. Yes, uh, great, great. You know. Um, uh, anyway, you know, Dr. Harlan Diamond, you're a great guest, and it's great talking to you. You know? It's been real fun. I felt yes. like I 